Jeff's, Jeff's Wonderland. And welcome back, everyone, to My Wonderland, the only podcast almost guaranteed to make you feel better about your own level of sanity by comparison. I say almost because I'm willing to accept the remote possibility that there is someone out there even crazier than I am. Anyway, my name is Jeff Healy. I'm an Australian musician, singer-songwriter, comedian and coffee enthusiast. And in the next 10 to 15 minutes or so, folks, we're going to run amok through the maze of my myriad mental meanderings in an effort to look at this thing called life a bit differently and possibly to get a laugh out of it at the same time, which is something I think we can all do with these days. Just like the podcast description says. So let me ask you this. Do you ever look at your life, as in where you are right now, and wonder how the hell you got here? I wouldn't mind betting that, depending on your age, that 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, you couldn't possibly have even imagined what events beyond your control managed to propel you to this moment, in terms of, you know, your predicament, uh, situation, state of mind. So, I want you to hold that thought because in an effort to shine the Wonderland flashlight on this contemplation, we are now going to take ourselves boldly into our first segment of today's show. Yes, it's your theory time. You can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to theory time. Now, since the beginning of history, writers, philosophers and poets have tried to verbally encapsulate what it is to be human and living on planet Earth. One of the most famous, fairly recent examples of this is the phrase, life is like a box of chocolates, to which my inner response is usually something like, what, fattening? And looking around, for many of us in the first world, at least, I think it is. Anyway, look, given all of these common helpful expressions like it'll all come out in the wash, they hung me out to dry, and I got taken to the cleaners, I have settled upon the somewhat less than romantic theory that life is more like a bag of laundry and that living on this beautiful big blue ball of ours is really best likened to the experience of leaving that precious load of washing at an open all-hours laundromat. And of course, it's a public unsupervised one. And so actually anyone can just come in and mess with the machine settings or the load. If you, the owner of said load of laundry, have gone off shopping or out for coffee or a date or a nap or to work. And so you never really know how those delicate garments are going to turn out. Or even if they're all still going to be there when you come back to pick them up. In other words, folks, we're born, we're in there with our bag of soiled garments, we put them in the machine, we bugger off to do other stuff, and so we take our chances. Now, this Wonderland is, is at its very essence, what life is. A risk. No guarantees. And it's an endless process of keeping ourselves looking clean and tidy whilst having to do a whole bunch of other stuff at the same time. Now, you might have control of the choice of detergent or fabric softener and maybe even the water temperature. But from then on, you're at the mercy of the elements, the midnight pranksters, the single sock thieves, and maybe even surprise unwanted bleaching, like Michael Jackson. So where does destiny fit into this? 
Well, it doesn't. At least I'm not buying it, unless it's a reliable brand of washing powder. Destiny, schmestiny, I say. And fate? Well, fate is the word we give to whatever condition the shirts are in after the drying cycle ends, depending on how long the clothes have been in there for and what the setting was. As for karma, what you get depends on how much attention you've paid to the washing care instruction labels. Sometimes, though, the machine settings get changed mid-cycle, sometimes by us, sometimes not by us, which, I suppose, ultimately makes the whole thing an exercise in optimism. So, folks, just do the best you can. Don't forget the stain remover. And lastly, remember that you can be lucky or unlucky with the laundry of life. And if your stuff gets accidentally mixed up with somebody else's, you might even end up with something better or worse than what you started with. This is what I know. Theory time. And that's where we're going to leave Theory Time for this week and make our way directly to the Wonderland jukebox for this week's Song of the Day. Today's track is taken from my Love in a Suit album, and it's a song about unrequited obsession, I suppose. It's not a true story, per se, but hopefully a lyric that should ring true nonetheless. Like some of the other songs on Love in a Suit, this one I co-wrote with Robin Kimberley, whose tasty guitar stylings you'll hear on this one. And so, here it is, Chance Meeting. Just a chance meeting I know that you're there Facing me Wondering if You can see How I feel It would be You and me And just a chance meeting Sounds like a classic case of overthinking If you ask me your hair I don't care about the clothes you wear if you're here or if you're there I just can't wait for another chance meeting now you won't see me chasing you because I got better things to do all of this is nothing new Looking for another chance meeting 
Yes, is there anybody home? All the lights are on. And that was Chance Meeting. And of course, you can hear the rest of that song, along with all of my other songs and albums, on your favourite music streaming service, including YouTube. Now, I've always loved words. When I was a primary school kid, I took it on myself to learn a lot of big words because I found out it was the easiest way for me to give other kids and grown-ups the impression that I was very intelligent. And then as I got older, I became more interested in the way words could be used more effectively on a less is more basis. And when you start to look at language that way, you realise that some words are far more powerful than others. And so, with that in mind, we are now going to put on our embarrassingly large board shorts and dive headfirst into the shark-infested waters of Jeff's Thought of the Day. I was thinking about something, I think it was the thought of the day. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And welcome to my Thought of the Day, during which I will be discussing two words. One of which is arguably the greatest word in the history of civilization in any language. And that word is why. The second word, and kind of related to the first, is quite possibly, by comparison, the most annoying. And that word is rhetorical. And by that I mean literally the word rhetorical. The word, okay? Now, if I had invented the word why and somehow managed to slap a copyright on it from day one, from which I made a tiny fraction of a cent whenever it was used in written or spoken conversation, I would be so wealthy by now that Jeff Bezos would seem like a vagrant in comparison. And whoever came up with the idea of the word rhetorical was clearly just a troublemaker. Either that or a relationship counsellor trying to drum up business. Look, the interesting thing about the word why is that it's so often an expression of frustration, as much as it is one of curiosity, and when used as part of a rhetorical question, then it does not, apparently, need or even want an answer. Which I frankly think is a bit silly, because in my capacity as a man, I feel it incumbent upon me to answer any question thrown in my direction, rhetorical or otherwise, which ends up annoying certain people no end. To illustrate, if somebody asks why something, in a rhetorical sense, I will almost always say, I really don't know, which often prompts the response, I know you don't know, you don't have to say that you don't know, to which I will respond, well, if you don't want me to answer you, then why are you asking me a question? And then they will say, somewhat condescendingly, it was a rhetorical question. Anyway, that's usually when the trouble starts, and you can only imagine in which direction the conversation goes from there. Now, while we're on that subject, I would like to raise the age-old question of where birds go when they die, which might seem unrelated, but bear with me. Look, I did a bit of Googling on this, as you do, and it turns out that birds, when they realise the end is nigh, tend to hide themselves away in little holes in trees and bushes and shrubs and various other out-of-the-way places where they proceed to eventually lose consciousness and subsequently decompose. What I would like to know, however, is why they feel the need to do that. I mean, you know, can't they just be out there flying around and then at a certain point just go, ah, oh, sob this, I'm out of here, and just plummet dramatically to the ground? 
Now, that is not a rhetorical question. I genuinely would like to know why. I'm pretty sure that nobody will ever be able to tell me, though, because as yet, no one has ever been able to interview a bird and get any sense out of it. Yeah, look, I know some birds can talk, but they can't really converse, can they? I mean, they're simply imitating us, and I doubt they're really understanding anything they're hearing or saying. With the possible exception of Polly Want a Cracker, at least in terms of a bird having learned that making this particular noise is likely to result in food delivery. And so, this particular why is not being asked rhetorically, even if it might be interpreted as such. I believe rhetorical questions are actually real questions that have been completely given up on. They are, if you like, the flotsam and jetsam of verbal communication, the space junk in the thermosphere of talk, the danger zones of dialogue. But you know, here on The Wonderland, we take no prisoners when it comes to helping you meet these conversational challenges head on. And so, the next time somebody throws one of these rhetorical why questions at you, Give them an answer whether they like it or not. And then, just as they start launching into the it was a rhetorical question attack, hand them a freshly cooked roast chicken or a nicely presented pack of white chocolate coconut rum balls. That will render them speechless and you will have won because there is no comeback for being handed something delicious in anyone's language. And on that unexpectedly tasty note, we wave goodbye to Thought of the Day and also to today's episode. Thanks once again for joining me, everybody. I hope you've all enjoyed today's show. And if you have, and you're listening on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, please give me a rating and or a comment. And don't forget to subscribe if you have not already done so. Meanwhile, take care. Don't drive angry. Keep your fluids up. And stay tuned for more original thinking, more random but useful observations, and more questionable theories on the next essential episode of My Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Can't get that